0: November. Time is moving right along. Welcome to November's healing and delivering service. Uh, As you see, I am not Evangelist King. I'm Prophet Roger King. Evangelist King is home with our daughter who is expecting her first child, our first grandchild, and she is in early labor, and so uh, she decided to hang out with her to make sure she was okay in case she needed to be taken to the hospital. So with that said, we're going to open with prayer, and we're going to move right on into the service. First of all, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we welcome you, those that are here, as well as those that are watching uh, this by way of YouTube and or Roku, uh, whichever means you're watching. Thank you for joining us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord, for bringing us here safely, Father God. Father, we thank you for your peace, your comfort, your love. We thank you for your saving grace, Lord, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we give this service over to you, Lord God, that you would speak the words that you would have spoken, Lord God, to minister to your people, Lord God, wherever they might be, regardless of the circumstances, situation, in life right now, Father God. Lord, we thank you for this month of November, Lord God. Lord God, a a month of of celebration as far as Thanksgiving, Lord God. We know that this month is set aside as a national day of thanksgiving uh, toward the end of the month, Lord. But we thank you in advance, Father God, for what you're doing even in our midst right now. We thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord God. Father, we ask that you protect those who might be on their way to this service right now, Lord God. And protect those who are traveling to any service today, Lord God, wherever that might be, where your name is lifted up, where your presence is made welcome. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Heal, deliver, and set free in the name of Jesus. We just glorify you, Lord. We lift you up, Lord God. We magnify you, Father. We thank you because this is all about you and not about us. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.
1: Jesus has overcome Let's
0: We just thank God for an opportunity to share uh, briefly out of His Word. Uh, Evangelist King uh, posted that the title of today's uh, message that she was going to bring is called, An an Unbelieving Heart Has No Rest. And so since uh, she asked me to conduct the service for her uh, today, I figured that I would just go ahead and, and use that title. Uh, That she posted and shared, and we'll just uh, go with what the Father has given me regarding this. Uh, We did not talk about the message, we did not discuss scriptures about it or anything like that. So, uh, whatever she was going to share, she might uh, share another video message. If she does, then you know that that's great. If she doesn't, uh, then uh, this will be it. But uh, I will leave that up to her if she wants to go forward with it. But we're going to use the same title. Uh, an unbelieving heart has no rest. We're we'll going to start out with James um, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 2, um, where James is greeting the church and he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Verse 4 says, But let patience have her perfect word, that you may be perfect and entire or whole, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and up and upbraids not, and it shall be given to you. It shall be given to him, excuse me. I'm reading out the King James Version. Uh, but let him ask in faith, nothing nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But what does that have to do with an unbelieving heart? Uh, you know, that says that's uh, faith. Or count on joy when you fall into different temptations. Well, let's be honest. A lot of the temptations that that we find ourselves in is nothing more than blatant, willing sin that we've allowed ourselves to get into. And sometimes, you know, yes, some tactics of of sin are subtle, and and we get caught up in in the situation uh, beyond our control, and, and we do things that we shouldn't do. But what about those things that we have control over? The scripture says, there's a scripture that says, Beloved, lay aside every weight of sin that so easily besets you. That says that we have a part to play in getting our deliverance or our freedom and or our healing, whatever the case might be. You know, we, by nature, the scripture has already told us in Psalms that we are born into iniquity, meaning we are born into the sin nature of our Forefathers of our parents, um, uh, King David uh, cried out to the Lord, that you know? In, in my mother's iniquity was I born, and my father's sin was I born." And that, that's a paraphrase. I don't have that scriptural reference uh, handy, so if I misquote that, don't send a message to evangelist King saying that you know your husband doesn't know what he's talking mm-hmm. about on scripture. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because that was not in my notes, <clears throat> but you get the point. None of us were born perfect. As soon as we were born, we began to experience the sin nature. and that's why we have to realize, rely and well, realize, excuse me, and rely on the power of Christ Jesus, the fact that his, his body was broken to pay the price for our sins, He spilled his blood to, to, to pay for our healing, to give us redemption. So through Jesus' obedience and living a sinless life and becoming sin for you and I, we can, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace and seek mercy from the Father. Now, the key to that is this. We need to acknowledge first of all that we are or have uh, knowingly and, and or unknowingly, as the case might be, committed certain sins. So we don't want to take it lightly that we don't know sin. If we say that we don't have sin in our lives or that we've never sinned or we don't know what sin is, the Bible has already declared to us that he or she who says that is already lying to themselves. You're not lying to God, you're lying to yourself. God already knows the sins that you and I have committed, have, will commit, and even thought about committing. Whether it's Blatant, willful, or circumstantial, whatever the case might be, sin is still sin in the eyes of God. There's no sin greater than another sin. You know, the, the the laws of the land state that a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman. Well, in God's eyes, that is a sin. Yes, he calls it an abomination, but he also says that lying is an abomination, that fornication is an abomination, that getting drunk is an abomination. So we can't classify one sin worse than another. Sin is sin is sin. Now, there is a scripture, and I don't want to go too far into this because it's uh, going away from our subject a little bit, but the, 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 the Apostle Paul, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Apostle Paul who made mention of a sin that leads to death and then the sin that does not lead to death. So, in other words, there there is a sin that we can commit That will lead us to death. Eternal death. Not physical death, but eternal death. And he doesn't say specifically what it is, but the Bible does make it clear that if we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, then that is one of the worst sins, if you will, or the worst sin we could commit. And so anyway, an unbelieving heart has no rest. What is an unbelieving heart? An unbelieving heart is... Doubting what God has said in his word. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Do you and I truly believe that? Do you and I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, who he said he is, and who he said he's going to become, and going to be? Or do we have doubt in that word? An unbelieving heart says, well, the Bible says I can be blessed and live an abundant life. Do I really believe that I can live an abundant life? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about the message of prosperity as it's taught today. Because that can, you can go overboard with that, or you can go to the opposite extreme and say that God wants me poor and, and miserable. Both extremes are, are, are out of balance. You have to find scriptural balance on what that means to live an abundant life in Christ Jesus. An unbelieving heart says, well, I know that I shouldn't go sleep with that woman that's not my wife, but I I, I have needs that are not being met. An unbelieving heart will say, I'm going to compromise and do it anyway. An unbelieving heart will not put their... Total trust and faith in God. You know, the Bible says in Romans that he who is in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. There's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But yet we claim Christ, but we still want to smoke our cigarettes or you know go out and get drunk or do other things that that harm our bodies that could be classified or considered as a sin. Now I you know, alcohol is a touchy subject because a lot of uh, believers, uh, Christians, will say that if you drink alcohol, you are going to hell. Well, nowhere in the Scripture does it state that. We have to be careful of what we say that the Bible says when it actually doesn't say certain things. We we need to use we need to use God's word uh, uh, appropriately and. Uh, carefully, because we can either mislead someone and cause them to fall into sin uh, or into error, which is in essence the same thing. So, what does that have to do with a, an unbelieving heart? Well, Hebrews, um, let's see, what Hebrews 11, verse 10. And again, you know, thou. Wasn't prepared for this, uh, so uh, if I if I misquote something, you know, uh, like I said before, don't don't send any messages saying, you know, you got that wrong. I'm I'm admitting up front that I might misquote something, uh, but it's not intentional. Okay. So Hebrews 11, uh, I'm sorry, not 11. Let me make sure I got that right. Well, you know what? We're just gonna read what we got. Um, from, from the book of Hebrews verse 10 for the one who has entered into his rest has himself also restored or rested rather from his works as God did from his therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience in other words what this passage is referring to is that if we're going to do something blatantly less blatantly or willfully do our part to enter into the rest of Jesus. Jesus said that He is the Lord of the Sabbath. That the Sabbath was made uh, for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, there's a, there's a reason for rest. And if you have an unbelieving heart, yeah, I have to keep referring back to the top, to the, to the title because that wasn't my title, it was Evangelist King's title. If you're not diligently seeking to rest in Jesus, then you will not have any rest in your spirit, in your heart. Why? Because you will follow the same example of disobedience. In other words, if you are playing with God, as the old folks used to say, don't play with God, don't get on the fence, teeter-tottering, you know, you got one leg in the world and one leg in the church, or one foot in the world one foot in the church, they say you're playing with God. Don't follow the same example of disobedience. Like, what example of disobedience is the scripture referring to? 2 Peter 2, verse 5 and 6. Specifically verse 6. I'm going to read both verses. Uh, it's talking about Solomon Gomorrah and uh, uh, the destruction that came to Solomon Gomorrah. And, and did not spare, speaking of God, uh, the ancient world or the old world, but preserved Noah a preacher of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So, in other words, in the Old Testament or the old in the Old Testament days, God point blank said, if if you don't live righteously, I will destroy you. And so that's what he did. He preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Verse 6 says, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, now obviously these are, these are talking about two different um, Situations, but the principle is that if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who live unguided lives thereafter, we are the thereafter. You and I are the thereafter, meaning anyone from the future of Sodom and Gomorrah's days, from that destruction, anyone in the future can use Sodom and Gomorrah as an example of what God can do if He wants to with regards to bringing destruction. So why is that important? I said it earlier one sin is not necessarily greater than the other. However when God says that He is going to condemn a certain place or a certain thing or or a certain group of people He will do that. However Because of Jesus, you and I have the opportunity to repent and seek forgiveness through and by the blood and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who now sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, the Bible says, for us. Because he lived a sinless, you know, I'll, I'll say that quite often, Was Jesus is the only one that lived a sinless life, a pure life, a holy life. And so... Uh, with that said, you know, we, we have to be careful and be diligent to strive to do the things that are pleasing to God and not pleasing to man, regardless of what those things are. You know, we might be struggling in our thought life, you know. Uh, the Bible says that uh, those who say uh, that they're strong can be strong. Well, what if you are physically sick and you are physically weak? And you're saying, well, the Bible says I'm strong. The Bible says I'm strong, but I'm so miserable. Well, don't allow the enemy to bring about self-condemnation and fear because you're physically weak, but you're spiritually strong. You're saying that I'm weak, but you're actually, what you're doing is you're building your faith based on the Word of God. Not your own words, but the Word of God. So, uh, again you know, using Solomon and Sodom and Gomorrah as examples of of not having rest because of an unbelieving heart, you know, God sent a messenger to them and and warned them, Repent. So now we have messengers that you and I hear and as I stand here to bring this uh, message to you, I serve as a messenger to say to you and even to myself, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Of course, I'm quoting John the Baptist from the book of John. We have to make sure that we are doing our part, not only to lift up the name of Jesus, to build the kingdom of God, to increase the kingdom of heaven, but to help those who are struggling and say, you know what, you can make it. You will make it. You have to turn everything over to Jesus. Let Jesus be the one who heals, delivers, and sets you free. Let Jesus live in you. Uh, one of my favorite evangelists on TV uh, uses the phrase. Always says the phrase, says this phrase: "Let Jesus live big in you." Now, if you know who I'm referring to, I'm not gonna call the person's name. But if you heard that phrase before, then you know who I'm referring who I'm talking to. That person always says, let Jesus live big in you. Hallelujah. Uh, Genesis 19 24, reiterating um, you know the warning factor of this, and the Lord rained down burning salt on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. You know, what is what is so important about that? Again, we have an opportunity to lay aside every weight of sin. That so easily possess us. An unbelieving heart will have no rest. We can't say we love Jesus and still love the world. We can't say we love Jesus and go shack up with somebody that we're not married to, or or go out and, and do illegal drugs or 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 gamble and, and those kinds of things. We can't play around with the demonic world, if you will. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of, unfortunately a lot of Christians last night. Uh, on Halloween had uh, functions and parties uh, that were supposedly alternatives to Halloween for the children of their churches. Well, interestingly enough, most churches were more packed last night than they will be on Sunday morning. That's sad. Why? Because instead of teaching the children the truth about Halloween, and the demonic activity that takes place during that time, they're actually saying, "Look, it's okay to be like the world, but we're going to do it differently. We're going to celebrate Halloween, but we're going to call it Fallowing or Hallelujah Night or Harvest Festival Night." Don't, don't, don't sugarcoat the truth with your children. Tell your children the truth about Halloween. Tell your, truth. tell your children the truth about Christmas and Santa Claus. You know, um, again, not to go too far off, off, off a base, but it's important that we tell our children the truth The truth in these matters because we don't want them to grow up deceived. You know, if you allow your children to be deceived now, when they get older and become adults, unless someone comes to them that's sent by God, they will lead a deceived life. An unbelieving heart has no rest. You know, unfortunately, a lot of marriages are in trouble right now. The husband walks out on the wife, or the wife is cheating on the husband, vice versa. And the the spouse that wants to hold on to that marriage doesn't know what to do. You know, the Word of God is clear that if the wife... uh, you know, if the husband commits adultery against the wife, and the wife forgives the husband, the, the husband can, can stay. The husband should stay. Vice versa, if it's the other way around. The, the, the spouse who committed the sin should not leave that spouse. But the Bible is also clear that if that is a repetitive action, and the, the spouse who's been sinned against chooses not to stay or remain in the marriage, They are free and clear to move on, according to Scripture. But here's here's the key to that, though. Seek restoration in your marriage, if at all possible. Seek restoration. But don't put your spouse above your relationship with the Lord. What What am I saying? I'm saying this. If your spouse cheats on you and says, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back, Don't spend all of your time wallowing in self-pity. Oh, woes me. My spouse left me. God told me to stand for my marriage. My spouse is going to come back to me. If your spouse comes back according to what you say God told you, then praise the Lord. If, If he or she comes back, that is a blessing. But when that spouse comes back, you both need to go through a healing process and seek healing and deliverance so that your marriage can be blessed and move forward. Otherwise, if you don't put your relationship and your love for the Father, for the for your love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit above your spouse, then that spouse is going to leave you yet again and cause you even more pain and suffering emotionally and spiritually than you're already going through. And beloved, I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to experience that. You know, Adventist King doesn't want you to experience that. We want you to experience peace, wholeness, and joy in the Holy Ghost in your marriage. We all should listen to God and be obedient. You know, there, he, uh, there are plenty of warnings in Scripture that admonishes us to listen to the Lord and be obedient. You know, um, we, we, we hear words from the Bible that says, Oh, that today you would hear His voice. Harden your hearts as at the rebellion, as at the time of testing in the desert when your ancestors tested and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. See, even the children of Israel, they saw God move mightily and powerfully, yet their heart had no rest. Because of this, I was provoked with that generation. This is the Lord speaking, not me. Because of this, I was provoked with that generation, and I said, they have always been of erring heart, and they do not know my ways as I swore in my wrath the Lord says, they shall not enter my rest. The scripture goes on to say, Take care, brothers, that, and this applies to sisters as well, take care that none of you may have an evil and unfaithful heart so as to forsake the living God. Encourage yourselves daily while it is still today so that none of you may grow hardened by the receipt of sin. Sin looks good, But it is deceitful and will cause you a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of grief, and a whole lot of unnecessary suffering. We have become partners of Christ if only we hold the beginning of the reality firm until the end. For it is said, oh, that they would hear his voice. Brother and sister that's watching me right now, as a prophet of God, I beseech you that you would hear the voice of the Lord through me today. Harden not your hearts as at that rebellion. As though you were one of the children of Israel, you saw God's power move. You saw God deliver you. You saw God heal you in the past. But yet, because of your circumstances and situations now, you're ready to walk away from the faith. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's fight this thing out together in Jesus' name. And I say together because I am subject to this as well. I am not, I have not totally arrived, if you will, as they say. You know, we should believe God's word. You know, Jesus even when Jesus was on the scene, you know, people still doubted. You know, we, we shouldn't doubt. You know, I've seen some awesome miracles. My wife has seen some awesome miracles. But let's be honest, there are times when we go through certain situations where we go, okay God, I know you did this and you did that, but what about this situation? Is there help for me in this situation? But beloved, the truth of the matter is, there's hope and help for us in any and every situation that we are in. We have to take our focus off of the thing or them and put our focus on Him and his word Mark 9:23 you know if, if you're doubting there's a simple remedy for that if you have doubt or lack of faith there's a simple remedy for that ask for help ask Jesus to help you with your unbelief with your doubt with your wavering faith with your even with your sins that you are struggling with ask Jesus to help you lay it down if you will Mark nine twenty three and twenty four. We're just just going to read a portion of this. is 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 talking about um, the 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 incident where Jesus healed uh, the little boy of an unclean spirit, and he Jesus asked um, asked you know what asked of the Father um, you know teacher um, you know I brought my son who was possessed with the, with a spirit and and uh, you know. I want him healed. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And, you know, if you can, heal him. And Jesus' response was, in verse 23 of Mark chapter 9, everything is possible for one who believes. So my question is, do you believe or are you not believing? And most of us, would, if we're honest, this is our response. The the boy's father said in verse 24, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbel- unbelief. Another version of the Bible says, Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. We have to be humble enough to ask for help. You know, um, for the sake of time, I'm, I'm going to skip a few things, but, um, you know, regardless of how long we have been dealing with a particular situation, whether it's a, a, a mental problem, a spiritual problem, a physical health problem, you know Jesus is present now, right where you are, to heal you, to deliver you, and set you free. So we're going to focus we're gonna focus the the rest of our time here on Psalms ninety one. And I'm going to I'm going to read it, and then as the Lord gives uh, direction, uh, we'll 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 add to it a, a little bit. But we're not going to really spend a lot of time on it because the the word speaks for itself. Psalm 91, verse 1, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So let me ask you this question. Who are you resting in? Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your own physical strength, your own natural ability, or are you trusting in the Lord? Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He is, will save you from the foul of snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge or peace. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Regardless of what you and I are going through, the Lord is the one who will deliver us, set us free, Heal us and give us peace. He will give us a heart of peace, and we will find rest in Him. A thousand may fall at your side. No matter what's going on around you, there might, there, you know, if we were in the eastern part of the world right now, we might be living in a place where there are bombs falling, where there are people being shot, uh, you know, by soldiers, and 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 terrorists and militants or whatever, however you want to look at that, you know, we are blessed in the rest of the world not to have to deal with that as a daily threat, if you will. Yes, we do have threats that we don't see, but in other parts of the world, especially in the Middle East right now, it's dangerous. But you and I can have peace knowing that God is protecting us and keeping us safe because we're putting our trust in Him. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high of your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. Well, Prophet King, how, how can you say that no harm will overtake me if I live in a physical world? Well, if you strive to be obedient to the things of the Father, those things won't happen to you. Now, if you are sinful and blatantly sinning, you open a door for possible harm to you and your family. Get it right in the name of Jesus. No disaster will come near your tent or your house or your dwelling place, the scripture says. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Let's seek the Father while he can be found, the scripture says, and his angels will take charge and protect us. We have testimonies of angels protecting us. We have testimonies of angels going before us and clearing dangerous highways and byways, traveling. We have testimonies of angels repairing our vehicle when we were thousands of miles away from home and had no money for repairs. We have testimonies of angels bringing food or providing food through various means. Praise the living God. He is worthy to be praised. He will guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Now, we live in a a place where we don't have wild animals roaming around us. We have to go to the zoo to see those wild animals. But there are other countries where the wild animals roam free, and this types of things make more sense in the natural to them than they would us. But we can apply this in a spiritual context. There are lions and serpents spiritually seeking to destroy you and I. The Bible is clear that Satan is as or like or imitates a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy to devour. He is a liar, but Jesus is truth. Amen. Because Jesus, because he loves me, says the Lord... I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation, my peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you are calling on the Lord, make sure you're calling him the right way. Don't use the acronym or or the blasphemous word where you're damning something by using his name call on Yeshua Jesus, call on the Father God, call on the Holy Spirit to be with you, guide you to give you peace within to comfort you and to heal you so that your heart will be at rest so that you will believe and have rest so that you will believe and have peace so that you will have faith and be at peace the Bible clearly says in Hebrews 11 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Develop your faith. Increase your faith. Build up your most holy faith. How? Seek deliverance. Seek healing. Spend time in the Word of God. Worship the Father. Worship Jesus. Worship Holy Spirit. Worship with other believers. Spend time fellowshipping with other believers. Most importantly, cry out to Jesus. Help me, Lord. I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm doubting, but make my faith stronger. Show me how to build my faith. And finally, my brothers and sisters, if there is a need that you have for prayer, for deliverance, for healing, feel free to contact us via the website. The link will be somewhere on the screen below or to the right here um, somewhere. And... If you don't see the link, if you're hearing this, then go, uh, you're already familiar with the children's website. Go to that website, click on the link, submit a prayer request or deliverance request, whatever the case might be. And if you're listening to this on Prophetic Remnant Network, there's a link uh, at the bottom of the screen for you to click for a prayer request also. Beloved, Jesus loves you more than you realize. And we're here to serve Him, to worship Him, and to help you in your walk with the Lord. And on behalf of Evangelist King, I want to thank you for tuning in today. We just give you uh, our appreciation and our thanks for your support of the ministry and for how God is uh, sending you not only to minister to us, but allowing us to minister to you in Jesus' name. In closing, Father, I thank you for this time. I just give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Bless your people, Lord God. Bless those who are here, Father God. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to share your word and to lift up the name of Jesus, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our soon-coming King to rule and reign forever and ever. Amen.